For more than 25 years, Deanna Batdorf has been disrupting the status quo of health. She is a passionate Ayurvedic practitioner, my body educator, and lymphatic specialist whose mission is to empower you to take control of your own wellness. Welcome to My Body with Deanna Batdorf, an Ask Me Anything podcast where Deanna gives you answers to your most pressing health and wellness questions. Along the way, Deanna will interview those who inspire her work as a holistic wellness practitioner, from birth workers to herbalists, yogis to MDs. You'll learn how to bring your body to a state of balance in this wild dance of life. Submit your questions on our website, dianaessentials.com. Look for the form at the bottom of the front page. No question is TMI for Deanna to answer. Hey, good morning. I'm here with Deanna. We're visiting (laughs) together today. And this is Ask Anything. I am Andrea Foster. And this is Deanna Baddorf, who is an amazing Ayurvedic practitioner and educator. And she's here to answer your wellness questions. We've got quite a few questions on deck today. So this should be fun. That's how are you doing? I'm doing really good. Just had my 15th wedding anniversary with my partner of 26 years. Mm. Feels really good that we took such a long time to make that decision. So it didn't have to be some big deal. And it just got to be an ongoing celebration. So, yeah, really wonderful. So I'm ready for questions. And I just got to say, as my whole world has changed in the last two months, oh, my word, I am actually really loving life. So for anyone, because a lot of people are checking in on me, and I just want to say thank you so much for that. It feels really amazing to have so many people checking in and, and just recognizing this is a huge shift and also digging on kind of how I'm going global. And that's my hope. Mm-hmm. So it's been really nice. And I'm doing uh, beautiful interactions with people in my therapeutic yurt. I feel really good about being in nature and mm. with earth. And I'm also digging on the self-care sanctuary. <laughs> that bliss is so loving. And mm, Elena is doing awesome. such a good job. And it's nice to go in there and and still feel the presence of the steam room. Mm. I call it the steam womb. And that feels really good. So may all of you be still utilizing the space, but using everything you learned. And hopefully you're joining us on the regular. I'm dishing out the information. I'm like, I got time on my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Let me share. Yeah. And I'll do the same thing today. Awesome. All right. The first question we have is from someone who has been looking into your teachings and Mm -hmm. seen them on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You're starting to study Ayurveda and believe that it's the missing link to their health. This person says, I'm a woman, age 53, starting to experience breast cystic activity increasingly. I was concerned and got a mammogram. They wanted to do another mammogram and biopsy, Mm -hmm. but I think these are cysts. I'm wondering why are cysts so common and why is there a misunderstanding in the medical world around their diagnosis and treatments? And she's wondering how else she can support her tissues to balance in your perspective. Well, if you haven't taken any of my lymphatic classes, (laughs) that would be 101 breast health. 
Glandular health, our hormones run through this lymphatic river to get from one gland to another. So hormonal health, endocrine health, and definitely cystic activity. The lymphatic system speaks in inflammatory response, which gives us pain, inflammation, and fatigue. And so these are really your lymphatic, your immune system telling you something cannot move freely about your cabinet. They are channels and rivers and there's little lymph nodes that are like little ponds. <laughs> and then it meets the bloodstream right here at the clavicle. And you can learn so much more about the lymph itself. But I mean, you're talking lymph 101. And I often call cysts, I mean, first off, they're internal boils. So they're like a pocket of inflammation that is made tissue around it and it fills with fluid. And then the older they are, the more thick and hard and dense they get. So sometimes somebody will be like, that's a big lump. Mm. And we have to go looking for those so we know what's going on. But sometimes they're really old cysts that haven't been addressed. So they're like a hot pocket. I mean, they're literally like just this little hot spots with dogs often. Oh, yeah. And I can usually always find a cyst right where there is a hot spot. So I treat those with animals. And then I've started doing them with breast checks and, and just really looking. But let me tell you one thing that you should know if you're wondering, is this really a cyst or not? They are extremely painful. The denser and thicker they are, you may have to soften them up. And then they'll hit this like, whoa, pain place. If they're new and you're just starting to get them in kind of perimenopause, 53, or maybe your post, depending on where you are in that journey, those hormones are starting to flare and change and shift. And our energy levels are changing and shifting with the change of estrogen. And you can start using too much energy more than you got. And it causes inflammation and pockets, but they hurt. They hurt bad. They're kind of like a stuck spot in a river. And so you do want to break down the dams all through that area. And I've really tried to teach people, you don't just go in and try to like pop a cyst that could destroy tissue. You know, you need to know what you're doing, but you can get it to drain and just think of it like everything around that cyst. So your armpit and maybe even up in the neck and dental issues make cysts. We'll talk about the things that make these happen. But the main thing is just a dam in the river and our fire can't move freely about the cabinet. And it's like, ah, get me out of here. Mm -hmm. So the armpit, we have tons of lymph all up and around our breasts themselves. So all around that cyst, making sure your drain is wide open because that's probably the biggest thing. If you're going to do any kind of lymphatic and you're not sure what to do, you start here because this is where it all meets the bloodstream. So if your lymph is moving, if this river is moving and meeting your bloodstream, those cysts often just kind of slow drip out and they dissipate. And then there's things that maybe are perpetuating the cystic activity. Okay. If it's not just a general clog, <laughs> yeast, yeast is probably the number one thing. There's a couple foods that I'll teach you or irritants too for any skin condition, including cysts in the body. But yeast is the number one thing I can connect. So if you're eating more sugar, you brought in grains and you were grain free, or all of a sudden you got a really good friend who's making you bread, mm. <laughs> or there's been a little more alcohol. I mean, these are just sugars. No judgment. They all happen <laughs> for all kinds of people. Don't let anyone fool you. Everyone's got their vices. And that's okay. 
It's just how do you curb them? How do you look at them? And if you just get too many sugars and you're not flushing enough, moving your body enough and sweating, you're going to breed yeast and yeast makes cystic acne. That was the first thing I found years ago. And I started treating teen cystic acne really successfully. I give them this no sugar 10 day challenge, which you think a teen can't do. But if it means their skin's going to clear up, guess what? They can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're going to lose some weight, if that's what they want, they can do it. Mm-hmm. So I always give them these 10 day challenges and they see their skin shifts and they're changing the yeast in their body. So it makes cystic behavior, something I'd look for. And then the other one I would think of is these food aggravants and the food aggravants are really going to be nuts because of the acid profiles, not seeds and please do them raw but nuts and even nut milk, if you're really sensitive, but probably it's more those oily nuts. Like the more you can rub a nut in between your fingers, <laughs> the more oil that you get in there, mm-hmm. the more acid profiles are there. So really I do. I'm kind of like, huh? And even with seeds, like I roll hemp meat seed in my hand and it's juicy and wet and falls apart. That's super hydrating pumpkin seed. Could I even do anything with it? And so we know that it takes a little more, they're dry to break them down. So really looking at your food is my point. And if it looks oily and it's a nut, then unfortunately it has acid profiles that are really irritating to the skin, but it can be a game changer with somebody who has herpes outbreaks. I feel very happy to have helped a lot of people just be like, no nuts. Let's see what happens from there. People eat handfuls of nuts as a snack. They're great protein and nuts are great. They just unfortunately aren't great in this situation. And then table salt, not healthy electrolyte salt, but table salt is huge. You're dehydrating the body. How sad that salt straight from the ocean is the number one hydrator of the body. And then they rinse it or they make table salt yeah. They have to manufacture that stuff. It's so sad. Yeah. And then it dehydrates us and it flares our fire up. So hot, dry, how do you get there quickly? You're craving salt and the wrong salt is going in. Mm-hmm. So stick with your gray salt, but table salt is a big problem. And you might be eating more than you think. Olives and hard cheese, the, the harder the cheese, the more salt is in it. So I think that's a really important thing to remember. Crackers, chips, these things. I'm just telling you a few things you want to avoid because usually with cysts, I can help you treat them. Frankincense is going to be a big go-to. Lavender, if you got it in your space, and chamomile. Those are some of the ones, and I'll talk about dosage, but very tried and true. The other one I'd have to say that's even cheaper than some of those, to be honest, is cypress. Mm -hmm. Not blue cypress, regular cypress. Incredible for Indrican regulator. If it is hormonal, that would be a really smart one. And you could even do like cypress and frankincense or cypress and lavender. We'll go to dosage in a minute, but I'm going for anti-inflammatories that have antifungal properties. And that's really where I'm going with this. The chamomile is a little bit about calming the nerves. Some people get cystic activity when they get a little too much sugar and then a whole bunch of stress or they're like stressed out and then they're like living on nuts for lunch Mm. (laughs) or trail mixes or, you know, snack bars. And there's more in there than you think. And then I'll notice that it'll, it'll raise it up. So stress is a factor. And that's where the chamomile would really play out. Chamomile, you're going to do four drops a day, two drops in the morning, two at night. Believe it or not, it's strong. Lavender, you're probably needing eight drops AM, PM. Cypress, you could even do up to 12 drops AM, PM, but you could probably use eight, but you have a little more play there. And frankincense would be about six drops twice a day. 
So those would be my dosaging. And then you could start playing with like, hey, you want to make a blend of those or just you have one in the cupboard, start trying it. But we got to open up the lymph. You can put the essential oil directly on where that cyst is. And then eventually you are going to take your hands and you're going to go put that cyst in between your hands. Most common place we get cysts are up here in the pec where muscle meets lymph in the breasts and it gets up under like think about, we call it fibrocystic. And I always think like, why do we call it cystic if it's not cystic yet? <laughs> but it shows like, oh, that's where this could go. So the more fiber is wound up, the more you're using your upper or holding stress in your upper, it starts clamping down. The lymph starts clamping down too. And, and you get all these hot pockets. So eventually you're going to need to go right to that pain place. It's not fun. No. You, have you had to do it too? I have. A little bit. A little it, bit. It's like, oh. but you go right there and you just pump, 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 take a deep breath, pump, 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 take a deep breath and just do it every once in a while through the day. You're going to have to get comfortable touching your breasts, but you're already checking them. So that's great. I say, you know, a great way to do it is when you go pee, like, well, you're sitting on the toilet and that's something I got gua sha's right next to my toilet. <laughs> I mean, seriously, when I want to get in there and open up my breast tissue or work on my neck, because I've been so challenged by it. Why not take a moment with that challenge and get the most out of just like relaxing and releasing the more relaxed and calm we are using the restroom when there's other times when you have a little more time <laughs> and the more calm we are, the more our pelvic floor releases and just really does get all the sediment out and move the bowels easier or the bladder easier. So these are some of the things. Those are my favorite essential oils. Do think about shatavari and we have shatavari powder. You just do one teaspoon in a cup of water, like pour hot water over it, put a lid on it, let it steep maybe 10 minutes. Don't strain it. You want all that fiber medicine to get into your gut, the plant, right? You want to get the plant in there. That's one of my favorite things about Ayurved. And that shatavari on the regular is amazing for cystic activity and another endocrine regulator. You know, I think that's an important thing to look at with mentioning age. I think that's an important factor and it's super nourishing. So it's cooling, nourishing, pit to minus. Those would be some of my favorite things. I guess I could also throw some mint, dill, fennel, cilantro, and ginger for moving the heat out. So it's not just sitting there, but it helps disperse the heat. So those are some of my favorite cooling herbs. And then that ginger just has a very specific warming function of moving fire for you, which is such a cool thing that ginger does that. And ginger would be better raw. I don't know if y'all know this, but ginger changes its chemistry like most roots. Mm -hmm. The chemistry is changed. So if you have ginger fresh, you have a cooling anti-inflammatory. And the more you cook ginger, and then if you dehydrate it and make ginger powder, it's even hotter. And then if you get ginger essential oil, that's the hottest and you can't even put it straight on your skin. It'll mm -hmm. burn your skin. So ginger is just more warming all the way to downright heating, the more it's reduced or the more it's cooked. And so when you're thinking about it as a cooling agent, you want fresh ginger, just grate it on top of your food or buy that ginger juice mm -hmm. with the little ginger people dude on it. Yeah. I like the little dude. He's my friend. He lives in my fridge, <laughs> but he does. And that pressed ginger ju juice is 
raw and it's just liquid and I can just throw it in water. I can throw it in with my greens. I can throw it into a marinade. I can throw it into a salad dressing. Mm -hmm. Very user friendly and it is fresh unprocessed. So those are some of my favorite things. And what I would say about cysts, common, common, common. I think our statistics at the symposium, as I've been tracking it each year, we're at about, I think it was 69. I'm so sorry, it's not in front of me. It might've been 67% of women. And these are educated people. I'm seeing 67 to 69% of humans have cystic activity. And I find them on men too. Mm -hmm. Men just don't know to look. You know, and they're smaller. Like if you have smaller breasts, you're going to have smaller cysts. Mm -hmm. Sometimes somebody will get one really large and then they're like, wait a minute, my breasts are different size. They're not just people think cysts are more larger breasts, but they're any Mm -hmm. chest, any breasts, anyone with too much yeast or aggravant foods or their lymph isn't moving. So we want to be thinking very broad there too. I teach people identify male and you still got to look for them and make sure everything is really safe in there. Would you like to study Ayurveda and elemental theory with Deanna? Check out My Body Educational Programs on our website, dianaessentials.com. All right. The next question comes from Elizabeth. She asks, is there a way to control the temperature swings in a woman's body who's going through horrible hot flashes? I've had them for over 10 years and used to be on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. But now I'm reaching 60 years old. And because she was afraid of cancer, stopped the hormone therapy and wants to find a natural remedy for calming the body temperature. She says when her hot flashes happen, she can hardly breathe. It's unbearable. Mm. I just have tiny little minor ones and I'm super crazy comfortable and they're very new to me. So I am feeling for you. And now when I've seen people like, throw their clothes off right in front of me, like in a consult or something. I'm like, oh, I get it now. That is not fun. 10 years. I'm sorry. Bummer. Okay. So first things first, I'm going to go down to an elemental basics because there's always an environmental imbalance in your body. And if we don't look at the baseline, you're really not going to find the magic plant that just takes this all the way, or you you can find some subsiders. But really, when our environment can flare a fire, that's when we see these extreme hot flashes. So I'm going to go back to an old story. If you've been following me around, you're going to be like, oh God, is it really, are you going back to dehydration? Yes, I am. Because dry environments make big fires. And we're going to knock on wood for that one because we're in Sonoma County and kind of the world, we need to think about it anyway. So the drier the terrain, the more the flare of fire. If you're working beyond your actual energy level, that is going to bring in your adrenals. If your kidney oceans are too dry, you're going to run on adrenaline because your adrenals sit right on top of your kidneys. And I know I talk about this so much, but for all of you that are like, are we here again? Yes, we are. And we all have to keep talking about it. We can't get sick of this topic (laughs) because it's too fundamental for what I see as one of the most primary epidemics of this timeline this timeline right now, which is things are drying out. You know, you have other areas that are flooding. So we have extremes, not so great. Same thing happening here. These types of flaring ongoing hot flash rarely happen with cough excess, but there are two ways you can get to this. One would be you're so dry 
that it's flaring. So here we are back to gray electrolytes. Here we are in coconut water. Here we are in aloe vera land. There's some really important hydrating, all your salty, wet vegetables, bok choy, celery, fennel root, cauliflower. Oh my gosh. I, I write these so much on my food list in my remotes and with my clients, I write them out so much. I'm starting to be like, I need to write all these words out and just put a check next to them. Like, <laughs> because we just, we need these very viable hydrated herbs. Protein deficiency is another one because if we don't have protein power, we are going to run on adrenaline hands down. If you don't have enough omega fats, you're not going to have enough insulation and your body's going to run on adrenaline, especially 50 to 60 to 70. So omega oils, a big part of this too. And then there's another, if you don't fit in a dry or a vata pitta category, what if you feel like you're more kapha? You know, what if you feel like there's a little more excess weight or you have a lot of congestion and you keep having these hot flashes that aren't pressurized. And what happens is, you get all that stagnation in the body and then things can't move the way they need to move in the body. Those are the dams in the river. And then basically your fire's like, I got to get out of here. But it's a very, very pressurized, heavy, damp hot flash. So when we say hot flash, sometimes I'll say, give me more information on that hot flash. Let's talk about whether it leaves you crispy and crunchy or does it leave you feeling kind of wet and exhausted and damp? And where is that going? And then you'll know if you have more kapha that isn't letting your pitta move and it's pressurizing, or is it vata that's flaring dry, that is flaring that pitta fire. And you're kind of like a, a forest fire happening. And the older we get, the drier we are. I mean, eventually we go back to the driest place we have called the ethers. So we come in all kapha, wet and juicy as we can. <laughs> not true for everyone. So everybody begins and ends and has a different life, but that's kind of the premise of health. We come in very wet and juicy and landing on the earth and water flowing, right? And flowing of milk. And then we go into the longest time of our life, if we're lucky, pitta, fire, doing action, getting it done, meeting goals, meeting your path, figuring out who you are, living who you are right? Takes a lot of fire to do that. And then we go into Vata. We go into the drier time of our life until we go back into the ethers. Everybody's destiny is different. So the, the chances of you drying out or maybe just kind of not getting enough flow and keeping the flow going in your life is there at 60. But yeah, it means your fire is not balanced. You either got to put a bucket of water on it <laughs> and put it out, or you got to open the floodgates and you got to make sure that it is moving through freely and getting where it needs to go. I'll do a shout out for evening primrose as an omega oil. You only need 4,000 milligrams of evening primrose. If you are in this dry and if you do have hot flashes, they are dehydrating themselves. And so that's a little perpetuating cycle. So you do 4,000 evening primrose and then you back that up with another four tablespoons of say raw olive oil or raw coconut oil or some pumpkin oil or flax. So you want 8,000 milligrams a day, but you only need 4,000 milligrams of evening primrose. It does accumulate and it is a very specific omega, but it's great for hot flashes. And put the electrolyte salt in your aloe or put the electrolyte salt in your coconut water. 
And you don't need more ever than a teaspoon of gray salt a day, even if it's medicine. And it's like a half a teaspoon in warm water or in your aloe in the morning. And then another half a teaspoon in the afternoon. And why afternoon? I'm a very AM PM. I like to make things easy. I'm going to say electrolytes in the afternoon because that's kidney time of day, basically like two to five. And that's when we get those slumps and then everyone's buying chocolate or going back to the coffee mm-hmm. house or like, give me something, but the day isn't over. <laughs> and so you're either going to run on adrenaline and drag your body around dehydrated, or that's when we sometimes are just so out of juice, we give up and we're like, I'm done. I'm not doing anymore. I can't, you know, and that's one of those just high stress days, but it shows we're shot. We're out of juice, but that's kid adrenal time of day. And that's why many, many cultures and most cultures have lost this. Even when I travel now, except for Spain, <laughs> but siesta. First time I went to India 28 years ago, nothing was open from like three to 6 p.m. Nothing. Now nothing closes. Nothing closes. That's a big switch over. We naturally are supposed to rest and stop and replenish midday, especially if you have more things to do. So how much are you stretching yourself? I look at that too. Okay, wait a minute. How much am I going to stretch myself into my 50s? Like, huh, how far is that going to get me? What have I seen that do to clients before me? who are older than me, made it a little bit easier to make such a huge decision in my life to simplify was kind of like, I need simplify. Like I want to be around for another 50 years. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to take on my dad's goal. My dad's primary goal in life, live to a hundred. Didn't I talk about that last Mm -hmm. month? Yeah. I think I just spoke of that. So maybe you can look it up, but live to a hundred. And I asked him one day, like, what if you don't meet your goal? And he was like, well, I'll be dead. (laughs) I was like, oh, (laughs) Wow, that is so nice and simple. And like, I can do that too. Okay, die whenever you die. And I think that's a really important thing to face, by the way. It's just facing death. We often keep going just because we think like, "Uh, if I don't stop, I'm going to die. We've heard that a long time. I believe in moving, moving, moving. I think we have to remember that like, wait a minute, we got to run on wisdom. We got to be willing to see like how much energy do we really have and how efficient can we be in the day? And that's hard to do when you're dehydrated too. Because dehydrated makes all monkey mind for me. I get all monkey mind and like I'm opening up cans of worms all over the place. And all of a sudden it gets to kidney time of day and I'm all (laughs) like I'm looking around and I'm all, oh my gosh, how am I going to button this all up? And I'm tired. And then I'm like, wait a minute, where am I really at? And so usually that shows that there could be some dehydration too. It's harder to focus. It's harder to follow through when you're out of juice. We can always find the energy to throw things up in the air, but then where are they going to land and what are you going to do with them? And you can add juice for that. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up the... I hope that helps. The past questions that we had. Okay. Um, If our blood is an ocean, our lymphatic system is part of a network of rivers. The lymphatic system is integral to our immunity as well as our digestion. Get Deanna's top tips for keeping your river flowing smoothly in her book, Caring for the Lymphatic System, available online on our website, DeannaEssentials.com. So, as always, is anything coming up for you? Hmm. Well, I can say I have had 
a lot of, I, I liked the cyst question and the acne question because I, I find them to be very related. I have been noticing now that I'm back to seeing clients, but I'm also doing tons of remotes. I just see a lot of yeast as we are kind of easing into the world a little bit more and going back to what we are in our brains thinking is normal, even though I don't hold it as normal, but I see a lot of people going back to like normal, normal. Mm -hmm. And guess what becomes normal, normal? Alcohol becomes normal, normal. And there might've already been some in the pandemic because it was depressing mm -hmm. <laughs> and isolating. You know, everyone was looking for play. You can't go dancing, I, you know? And then I see people starting to kind of like, oh, it's summer also. So like, I'm going to have a little dessert or take myself out to meals and be a little more decadent more often. And I'm not saying any of that is wrong. I'm about moderation and I enjoy living life and some really simple pleasures and play. I think moderation is very important to look at, but I just can't stop finding tons of like people being like, I have acne. So these questions are really good. Mm -hmm. I'm having like pain in my breasts and I didn't have that before. And, and I just saw a lovely human who identifies male and he was kind of like, oh my gosh, what are these like pain? Am I growing? I have this horrible like lumps and, and I've known him for years. And he's like, Deanna, am I got cancer? Like what's going on? And, and that's real. You know, when somebody says that, I, that needs to, that's real. That's a real feeling. But it was so nice to be able to be like, let's look at yeast. Those are cysts. Let's pump them. Let's move them. Let's get into the growing. Let's like gentle, gentle, move that, put some warm compresses on there, meet that heat, get that area sweating so it can let out some of that fire. I started pumping it. And the lymph is so regenerative. It is so regenerative that it takes 12 hours to change your immune system if the changes are made, mm. like if the right terrain, if the right environment is created, it changes in 12 hours. The muscles take 15 days. The nerves take 30 days. The reproductive takes 35 days. So each tissue feeds each other nutrients in the body, the lymph to the blood, to the muscles to the skin, to the bones, to the nerves, to the reproductive. I get people all using this like a mantra, lymph, blood, muscle, skin, bones, nerves, reproductive. <laughs> lymph, blood, muscle, skin, bones, nerves, reproductive. I've had to learn all this just like everybody else. So I just make all these little funny things around it and then I can remember it. But that's a nutrients chain. So the lymph has to be moving. The river has to be moving for the blood to flow. Lymph takes 12 hours to change. Blood takes 24 hours to change. Then this whole huge muscle plaster that's got skin on top of it and under it, by the way, fascia, it takes 15 days for that lymph and blood, that river and that bloodstream to basically satisfy every cell and every part of the fiber that makes up our muscle plaster. That takes 15 days with the lymph and blood moving. If the lymph and blood aren't moving, you're not getting the nutrients mm. to the muscle. And then you're 
not getting it to the skin. And so then you're not sweating or there's no wanting to move your muscles a lot. And then all of a sudden things start showing in the skin. So I'm just seeing a lot of acne. I'm seeing a lot of cystic behavior and I'm seeing a lot of like foot fungus and tinea. Like there's just something Mm. up with fungal right now. I've always worked with it. I've been in that radar and helping people with it for years. I even check in sometimes. I'm like, am I like that parasite person that says everything's a parasite? Am I becoming one of those practitioners that's like stuck on a thing? I think of that with lymph too. I'm like, I'm so lymph obsessed. How am I not though? It's how the body works. It feeds out to everything we see. Yeah. Yeah. How am I not going to go to it? But I can't deny that there is just an extreme amount of yeast overgrowth. And we call it candida too quickly. Candida is a big deal. It's a disease state. It means that low grade yeast overgrowth has basically infiltrated your entire cardiovascular system and it has become systemic, which means it's in your brain, it's in your sinuses, it's everywhere. Mm. And so candida is a very big deal and you are more near death. So I feel like I keep trying to explain to people, I don't want you to claim a disease state It's extremely hard to change full-blown candida and it takes a long time to get there. But I do have a couple of my passing stories. My death stories are about people who ended up with full-blown candida from years gone by. And then both of them ended up with nerve disorders, ALS. So I do notice that long-term it's very hard on the nerves and long-term it's really hard on the gut. So I'm seeing a lot of fungal more than even I normally always do. And I'm like, are we just all sitting at home eating like (laughs) cookies and having some alcohol? Because that would do it. And again, no judgment. It's things people do. You know, high sugar cultures when I'm traveling, cultures that are really taken on sugar have extreme amount of yeast. And you can see it in skin and skin conditions. You know, it matches the Coca-Cola nations and the really high white sugar profile nations. They all have skin conditions. And I started putting that together, you know, traveling through Mexico, India. I don't see it as much throughout other parts of Asia that have cleaner or more whole food diets or less sugar. So, you know, things I just notice that are normal, but I would be looking at the fungus among us because it's up. Mm-hmm. And if I look outside right now, oh my gosh, it is foggy and damp. And I even have a wet patio. The wood is full on wet. It is July 15th and it has been freezing here in Occidental. I am so happy for this moisture. Yeah, yeah. Think about what this moisture could do for us. So I am not complaining, but is it normal in July? No, it is not. But I'm not complaining. I feel like it might be a godsend, even if it's change in the environment. I just don't want to forget about that. So I don't want to forget that it's environmental change, but I'm just hoping there's a little bit of some breathing room, but it's damper outside is my point. So maybe I'm seeing that, but I'm actually seeing it more than just our region. My remotes are from kind of over the place. And I'm seeing it a lot. And it's not even like I'm focusing on it a lot. It just Mm -hmm. keeps showing up. Another cyst that I'm helping someone drain on Zoom. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, Mm -hmm. let's do it. It needs to get done. So I guess that's what I've been thinking of a lot. Trying to think of what else. (laughs) Well, I can tell y'all that what I've been doing for the last 
two months, which you have been doing also, is switching over our entire store programs. Mm -hmm. It launches within days. Yeah, we're very close. We have really just defined a lot of where everything is going moving forward Mm -hmm. and basically created around my dreams and my visions and what I'm trying to do. And I will have some navigation tools that are coming out in the next few months. So please do be watching us. But we're switching over to Shopify and Jana, she's such a phenomenal artist and she has just rocked out the most beautiful pictures. Mm -hmm. And what I hope everybody sees who knew the Deanna Center is when we knew we were making this decision, it was getting really close and it was even a really tender time and harder time for Scott and I. But Jana came into town and she does a bunch of photography and made that beautiful My Body Anthem video. Oh my gosh, I love that. I could just cry. And Alicia created the poem and just everything, you know? Nice to have a team of people that are like wanting to hear my direction and then helping (laughs) me execute. And Gianna made a point of going through the center and taking all my beautiful sacred pieces, even my Porpa cord cutters, my Tibetan magic darts, all my beautiful bowls and beautiful pieces from all over the world. And we infused them all into the pictures of the medicine Mm -hmm. because we knew the medicine was moving. We knew we were moving and we were like, how do we preserve this precious, beautiful space that Scott and I created and the use of it? And that was really hard. And so anyways, I hope everybody sees it when we launch really soon. Mm-hmm. Just the familiarities. Here, any of my students who were interning and you were in the kitchen with me, or if you ever had a punch of karma at the center, the beautiful mm-hmm. Ganesha silverware that you even ate with are like holding the powders and yeah. showing them and just... We really went intimate and I hope everyone notices that we're keeping the Deanna Center on some level alive. I've been editing and looking at it and fine tooth combing it, getting ready for launch. And it just, it makes me deeply emotional. Yeah. It's just kind of elevating the center into a space where everybody can enjoy a little piece of it. Yep. And now it's not just a center that many can get to and loved, but now it's Deanna Essentials that everybody can get to and love. Mm-hmm. And there's something that it's a hard sacrifice, but I feel extremely clear on what it is my dharma and my duty tells me to do next, which is accessibility for all. And I've got a long way to go. I think we all do. Mm-hmm. If we're of the privileged demographics, we all have a long way to go, no matter how much you think you've already done. Mm-hmm. We all have a long way to go to keep representing and staying true to those concepts. And I look forward to seeing where that takes me. I want to go back to Daly City High. I want to go back. I want to be with the teens who are like so understanding hot, cold, wet, dry. And I make them a root beer alternative. And they're like, man, this stuff is great. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) let's do it. Let's drink roots instead of root beer in a can that's full of sugar. There's just so many ways to go about playing. And I just notice everybody, no matter where I go, people want to play with their health. They want permission and validation to like try something. And some of these things are not as expensive as they seem, like putting mint in a pot in somebody's sunny window and then eating that mint every day. That is cheap, fundamental medicine that'll take you longer as a cooling bitter for the liver than some dried tea. 
Mm-hmm. that we don't even really connect to and we don't get all the medicine. When you eat that mint leaf or that lemon balm, those are so easy to grow. But when you eat that, you get the oxygen from that wet, fresh leaf. You get all the compounds and chemistry that was bound to that oxygen and that carbon molecules. And those are gone when you dry something out. There's still medicine. I'm not down on dried herbs. I even sell them. I love them. But there's something about fresh herbs and watering your health every day. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, how do I get mint into every single or lemon balm into every single household everywhere? How do we get to a place where we're looking at like, what does a culture have to offer? What is their most primary thing that you can see takes over the yard that you know is going to easily grow in a pot? that somebody could eat. And then we have it where the kids can eat it. It's like, you can eat as much of that as you want. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're not going to overeat mint. Yeah, They're going to hit a wall and it's going to be a taste bud wall. And then they're going to know exactly how much they need. And then how much does that start breeding trust? Mm-hmm. and like, whoa, that's medicine, and I feel better. And then when we feel better, guess what? We strive to feel even better. Like there's this something that happens when you start working out and you haven't, and then you're like, why did I ever stop this? Or the sugar, we're talking about no sugar because of yeast. That first couple of weeks, you're just like, I'm going to die. <laughs> if you can get through that, you feel so good. People come in, they're like, I'm never eating sugar again. And I'm like... Okay, let's be honest. You will. It'll creep back in. Don't beat yourself up. And just remember how good you felt without the sugar. And you can always go back to that again until you find more moderation. So we do up and down. Mm -hmm. Like we do do this. Uh, We've seen each other do it. You know, it's like sometimes I'm doing awesome and I'm on it. And then all of a sudden it's like, (laughs) And then it's like, oh, feel so good today. And then Andrea's like, are you still doing that? Blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. I haven't done that in a couple of weeks. When was the last time you did a salt scrub? You talk about it all day long. Sometimes I have to be like, talking about it doesn't mean doing it. Yeah. That's a hard yeah. thing for me as a teacher. I'm like, I talk about the gua sha all day. And then I look over at them. They're sitting right here. And I'm all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I have to be all, me too. I have to pick that thing up too. Even if I talked about it, it's got to get on my body. All right. Well, I think uh, we have just about hit the end of today's uh, session. So much good stuff as always. So yeah, as Deanna mentioned, lots of new things are afoot. So keep a tune in. Our newest thing is our podcast and you can find it wherever you listen. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, all over the place. So please take a look at that, subscribe. And if you do enjoy it while you're subscribed, please do rate it and leave a review. It's super important so other people can find it too. And then yeah, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. May you laugh. When you're listening to the podcast, I hope I bring enough humor in that just gives everybody a little chuckle here and there because I'm such a believer of laughter yoga and laughing and pleasure and feeling good. And I just hope that when you listen to me, there's a feel good and a little chuckle that comes out and please let yourself laugh out loud, especially when you're in your car. What a great place to laugh. Mm -hmm. We see enough people yelling. We need to replace with laughing. So may you have a good laughter day. This is my body. 
a conversation situated at the intersection of elemental science, self-care, ancient arts, and consent. Deanna Batdorf is your guide.